Hi there, and welcome to this week's podcast. I'm super excited this week. We're starting a new um, podcast series called The Keys to Innovation. And this week we are covering setting the stage in food manufacturing. See you on the inside. Welcome to Food Safety University. I'm Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele, and this is the one podcast where you can get everything you need to know about food safety and how to run a food manufacturing plant for all of those small and local food manufacturers. If you are into local and sustainable food and agriculture, this is the podcast for you. Every week we cover new and original ideas around how to get the most out of your HACCP planning and how to get your plant up and running and continue running in a way that fulfills your dreams. So grab a pen and paper because every week you're going to need it. See you on the inside. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the podcast. We have an absolutely amazing episode for you today. We are covering and starting a new series that honestly has been, I don't know, like six months in the making. And I am incredibly pleased to be able to bring this information to you. This is something I have been working on very hard in my business and being in a place in my business where I can do this work and bring this work to you is just it's really just such a gift because this work has changed uh, changed my life. A lot of people have asked me in the past couple of months what's changed with the business, why we're growing so fast. <clears throat> um, and it's honestly, it's because of the work that I'm going to be presenting to you here. And I'm not going to lie, my goal for this work, honestly, is to get it to the to the Gartner Innovation Summit. So if anybody's listening and you have connections to Gartner, I think that this would change kind of everything about the Gartner Innovation Summit. And and that's no that's no like like bust on 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 the people who are in the innovation space. I just think that having observed it for a very long time, having, um, having, having done this, you know, coaching work for a long time, if you can hear that background, my, my cat decided to come and innovate with us. Um, but yeah, the, the, the innovation space is full of people who are talking about, um, the actions of innovation and innovation clearly requires actions. I'm not saying that it doesn't, but actions come from feelings. If you've you know listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know this. Actions come from feelings, and and feelings come from our thoughts. And I think that we do ourselves a great disservice in the food manufacturing industry by tuning out how we are thinking and feeling and just trying to do all the things. Now, this is a very human thing. You've heard me talk about this on the podcast a lot. It's very human to just kind of want to do, 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 do. Okay. And as I set the stage for understanding innovation in the food manufacturing space, I want you to understand that that innovation requires your brain and the formula for innovation that I am going to be giving you is I've never seen anything like this. So, so you're going to want to, as you listen to this podcast, 
um, probably listen to it a couple of times because we're covering a lot and we're covering training topics that if somebody else talks about this in the food manufacturing space, I truly have not found them, <laughs> which is fine for, you know, fine for me. I'm, I'm always out there on the leading edge now. Okay. And so where I want to start as we, as we set the stage for this is that innovation comes from from understanding how you are seeing the world, okay, and then where you are reacting, how to build resilience, and how to look at things differently. But I think that this innovation comes from our souls and doesn't really come from our fingertips or our hands or the way we hold a knife or the way we set a machine. I don't think that's the innovation. I think innovation comes from within, okay? And so what I want you to think about is, is I want you to think of, about a Venn diagram of three overlapping circles, okay? Your movement through the world, my movement through the world comes from the interactions of three, these three different circles. Okay. And the first circle is probably the easiest one to understand. That's your cognition and your experience. How you, how you think about the world, how you think about uh, the things that have happened to you, uh, okay, and and the the odyssey of your mind, uh, to borrow a phrase, uh, that you go through as you perceive um, and are perceived in the world, okay. But I want to add two other facets to that, okay. And the first one is that thing that carries around your head, your body, okay? You have a bodily experience of the world. Whether you recognize it or not, I promise that you do, okay? There's a beautiful book out there that um, y'all have probably heard me talk about if you've heard me talk about this kind of stuff for any length of time. It's called The Body Keeps the Score, and it's by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk out of MGH in, in Boston, Massachusetts General. He's a psychiatrist. It's a beautiful book about how our bodies store trauma, and I highly recommend it to, to, to everybody. Our bodies are complicated, okay? Our bodies are created by DNA uh, being translated into proteins. That's kind of the short version. Well, it turns out that that DNA is pretty deeply affected by what our ancestors were doing at the time of our conception, our mother's conception, our grandmother's conception. So our bodies are the written history of the things that have happened in our families and our bodies keep the score. Okay. So you have this cognition and experience and you have a body that where that is being experienced. Okay. Sensation is the language of your nervous system. What you feel in your body is your nervous system communicating with you. Bringing that to cognition opens up this third piece of the puzzle, 
which is what I call universal unknown agility. Some people call it God. Some people call it magic. Some people call it the great unknown. Whatever it is that you call it, it's the thing in the universe that we really don't understand, okay, um, that a lot of people have a sense of connection to but don't really understand, which is what makes it unknown, right? But it's this agility, this, this other way of thinking that we just don't comprehend, and we bring our cognition and our body to that, and it opens up our own agility. And by being connected to our bodies and our lived experience, we can gain what is our universal birthright, which is our lived experience and how it feels in our body, even when it feels terrible. Because when things are going wrong, as they will when you innovate, <laughs> it's going to feel bad. But by being connected to your body, you can handle anything, okay? When your cognition, when your thinking is connected to your body, you can understand your patterns and your pattern recognition, right? You can start recognizing, wow, when I open up my email first thing in the morning, my brain goes all cattywampus and I can't organize the rest of my day. When a machine breaks down, okay, in the middle of production and I don't follow SOP or I completely forget that there's an SOP to follow, which I know happens, right? When you allow yourself to connect to your body, you will understand the patterns of react first, think second, and start to be able to undo those patterns. So, okay. When you start to connect your body to this sort of universal unknown and trust that your body has you, that's where we start building resilience. So, okay. And then where you connect your, your cognition to this universal unknown agility, that's where you get these aha moments. So, then when you combine pattern recognition, resilience, and these aha moments, that, my friends, is where we find innovation. Because what that has allowed you to do is to take the first step in innovation which is resourcing, okay? When you are willing to resource yourself, which I am going to go into in much greater depth next week, um, when you're willing to resource yourself, then that is what starts to open up the idea that you've got this, okay? And what we are then able to do is we're able to recondition and move forward by feeling your body as an anchor, understanding the level of activation. So that's like, you know, an email coming in with good news or bad news, your packaging line breaking down, having a recall, you're going to have some level of activation. And when you're really anchored in, you can then recognize your patterns and you can learn to like regulate your overwhelm when everything's going wrong on the floor, right? That allows us to reframe and integrate and build our resilience 
and renegotiate the whole pattern with uh, our cognition, our body, and our universal unknown agility. Okay. When you are able to do that, that is when you are really going to be an innovator. Because what you're going to be able to do is recognize and carry these really big patterns. Because the people around you have these patterns. The people around you have their own energetic contracts with the universe, for lack of a better way of putting it, you know, karma um, and, and, and blocks and things like that, um, that push them away from their own center, the same way yours push you away from your own center. But as a leader, what we're going to do is we're going to teach you how to resource yourself. So then when the packaging machine breaks down, you can go through that whole path I, I, I just described of resourcing, um, feeling into your body as an anchor when that mild, when, when that stimulus happens, mild or otherwise, right? Recognize your own patterns. And then what you're going to be able to do, what a real leader does is you're going to regulate yourself, okay? And then you're going to be able to regulate other people, Okay. I have some very powerful tools that I have been able to use with this, with my clients, with my family, my coaching clients, okay? And we're going to go through those in this, in this series. You'll be able to resource yourself. And once you resource yourself, what you're going to be allowed, what the universe is going to do for you is allow you to get support, okay? A lot of you out there are leaders leaders on your manufacturing floor, and you just keep wondering, why the hell am I not more supported by my people? Why am I not more supported by my customers, by my suppliers, by literally your floors, walls, and ceilings? Uh, Well, honestly, folks, it's because you haven't developed the capacity to have things that support you. If you are feeling unsupported, it's because you don't support yourself. So we're going to change all that in this podcast series. And that changes everything. You know, I say that, I feel like I say that, oh, this is going to change everything. Um, This has really changed so much in my life and this being able to resource myself so that I can reframe and integrate um, what I am doing, how my body is in space and how my body is reacting so that I can help customers solve problems. Well, you can do the same thing so that you can solve problems on your production floor. And it, and, and it doesn't matter how you define production floor. So, you know, I'm thinking of my clients and their teams, and we've got people who are out on the floor. We've got people who are in sales. We've got people whose whole job it is to manage the paperwork and manage the data that the paperwork creates and things like that. Define your production floor, okay? It doesn't literally have to mean your production floor and apply this learning, okay, to wherever it is you are in production, wherever it is that you on the team are contributing to the bottom line. If you can reframe and integrate uh, in your own body and solve problems in innovative ways, uh, you will never want for incredibly profitable work. This is what the workforce is, um, 
is, is, is designed to do, but so many people just do it badly. They think that innovation and doing things is just in that do verb. As my friend Verdaya says, being is the new doing. Another excellent book, Verdaya Rhodes. You can get it on, uh, get it on Amazon. Um, but we're going to work on being. We're going to work on understanding our brains, how that reacts in our body, what those sensations are, and how we are universally supported, that the universe is there helping you. Even when it seems like it's not, you can still think that it is, like give you permission. And what that's going to do is that's really going to build possibility. And you have to have possibility first and innovation second, (laughs) okay? If you can't think it, can't innovate it. And, but in order to think it, you got to break the patterns that you are in now. And that's what we're talking about over this series. So let me know what questions you are. We are going to be working on this in office hours on our 20-minute calls in Food Safety University uh, because this is really where my clients get ahead. So if you're feeling prepared for that, go to foodsafetyuniversity.com, book a call. You'll get on with Jared uh, and he'll talk you through how we really do this and how we can bring this to you and uh, to your people. So thanks so much. I will see you next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about resourcing yourself, which is step one in uh, the innovation uh, equation and innovating from our souls. Thanks so much. Y'all have a week full of awesome. Thanks so much for listening to the Food Safety University podcast. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, I want you to go to dirigofoodsafety.com and go check out all the things that we have. If you haven't gotten your HACCP download, go get that or book a call with me and let's talk about getting you into Food Safety University. I'll see you on the inside.